keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome everybody to Total Effin' Marks. I am the king of sad style, the man with the largest calves in the world, the St. Germain. Woo! Events on my side, Sergeant Slaughterhouse, Scotty Chaps. What up, what up? Andy Cups, Robert Carpolis. How are you doing? And Zach Attack. Thank you, Zach, for that enthusiasm. Let's get into it. It's time for the 10 count. NXT, number one, NXT Super Tuesday. <clears throat> I'm going to start out by saying I know people on the internet freaked out about this, but I was fine with the draw. I, I, like, I understand it was disappointing at the time, but I think I, I predicted the story they're telling, which is going to be the Undisputed Era's collapse that this is going to play into that. And it's also going to get people to watch the show. And, you know, you got to sell ad space. What do you guys think? <laughs> wow. Yeah, Dead silent. I think, we were, I think we were both so <laughs> excited about the, the main event. We didn't, we didn't know how to talk. We forgot no, how to form I, sentences. I, I enjoyed the main event. I think I enjoyed it more because I knew the result. Twitter spoiled it for me before, uh, before I watched it. And so knowing that that was going to happen, I was just able to kind of enjoy it. But no, nah, I think I would have been pissed. It's an hour-long match, and you don't get a result. And especially in Ironman matches where you're so used to the, uh, the sudden death of it. Yeah, but that, that finish, I mean, it was a hot finish, you know. See, I had no idea what the finish was going to be when I watched it, and I really enjoyed the the surprise tie at the end. I thought that it was going to end with Finn winning, and it was like, wow, okay, that's that's kind of a unique finish. But they needed a reason to to hook you. It's episodic television. This wasn't a pay per view. This is a TV show to get you to tune in the next week. And if you go back to the the Monday Night Wars era, there was constant reasons to get you to show up for the next week. If they gave you a payoff you've now finished this storyline. Now you have a reason that you have to tune in next Tuesday because they have to remind you, NXT is not on Wednesday night next week. So you had to actively remember, fuck, right. who won the title? Oh, they didn't do a finish. I have to see who it is. I got to seek out where it is on Tuesday. I mean, the rating was fucking great. It's, I, I hope it moves to Tuesday, man. It, it, what was the rating? Be... It was eight something, right? Yeah, it was, it was like close to nine, though. It was, it was really... It was really quick. What did you guys think of the rest of the show? I thought it was a great show. I think once they didn't have to deal, deal with the, the, the ratings competition or whatever it is, they were able to kind of relax a little bit and put on a really solid two-hour episode of NXT. Scott? Yeah, I, don't, I had a lot of fun watching it. I actually uh, really enjoyed the first match. Uh, the nice little – what do you call that? I, I don't know the name of the thing. I, I – it was like a Chicago street forklift. Forklift. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh, that was that was fucking great. Yeah, I, level I the forklift. Uh, yeah, that was great. And uh, my my boy Swerve looked like a baby face. Yeah. That made me very happy. Yeah, they actually you know they actually found one up for the show. And uh, I, I say don't sleep on Candice LeRae. She uh, I thought it was a really good promo and. I don't know, man. I think she. I think she'd make a good champ. I know, she, you know, in ring she's not, you know, I mean, you know, she's not, uh, she's not the champ, but you know, she's not as good as her promo. But I don't know. It could could be interesting. We'll see. I think she's a compelling character. Uh, the little additions to it, she, her, and Johnny make great heels. When you're that much of a sympathetic babyface, you can play a really dastardly heel and really not change that much. And she's so easy to hate, it's fun. 
Yeah, they're yeah both- a heel is someone who doesn't know he's a heel. So. And that's that's them. They think they're benevolent and wonderful, and the world has wronged them. Man, I, I fucking I love how Thatcher sells. He's like incredible. He always looks like he's about to die, but it's still a blast <laughs> to watch. It it kind of sucks that Punishment Martinez is going to beat him next week, but or whatever. Oh, that's for, that's, oh yeah, he's going to come out in his Marilyn Monroe T-shirt and his bottle of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like if hepatitis was a fucking wrestler that's what you would get i can't stand i really can't stand him hey, um, yeah am i crazy am i the only one who thinks it's a fuck he's like he's like the face version of baron corbin he's the face yeah, version of baron corbin yeah and he's the face version of corbin and they're giving him the worst version of the roman reigns push like he's he's every every instinct in me thinks that as soon as they get in front of a crowd they're going to fucking hate this guy Right now, it's just the paid trainees who cheer for him. But I think if you put him in front of a legitimate audience, they would absolutely eat him alive. Yeah, well, especially when, I mean, you're, you're watching the matches and you're seeing a clear difference in his ability and almost everybody else there. Uh, he's not as good. He, he is one of those people, though, that I go, oh, yes, developmental. And, and you really don't feel like that all the time when you watch NXT. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's a good point. Like, yeah, I, I totally think that he could grow out of this. I think he could over time, but right now, seeing the growing pains on network te- or cable network television is not the best idea, especially just, when you're pushing him. Like he's about to, like, perform, like, cool street magic. You know, he never looks like he's going to wrestle. He'd still he botch was- the close-up magic. He's like, he just always looks like the guy who's like, hey, do you try to fuck my wife? That's, like, the guy. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I'm just bringing my own shit into this. He does look like a like a lesser Roman Reigns. Like, he just does. That's what I was saying. I think he helped get Roman Reigns over, man. Like, when Roman came back, I think I popped because I was like, I didn't know how good we had it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that was Vince's plan the whole time. Uh, number two, go home, Dynamite. What did you guys think? Dynamite needs to go home. It's fucking drunk. Um, it was that bad? You thought it was that bad? I thought this this was one of the most painful two hours of television for me to get what? through this year. Yeah, um, I could, could you go higher on the wet so I can really feel the indignation? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm starting um, to sound like hillbilly Skip Bayless. I'll stop. That was yeah. I think the uh, the first thing is I get that everyone shits on WWE for scripted promos, but you go back and you watch either the Kenny Omega segment or that Taz, Jake Roberts, Eddie Kingston segment, that is why you script promos. That's at least why you lay out a fucking promo. Kenny Omega sounded like he just came off the indies and had no clue what the fuck he was doing when he was talking. And it was distracting as hell. It wasn't charming. It wasn't interesting. He made a joke about uh, Tully being in Depends, which came across as very amateurish. Then Taz and Jake Roberts and Tully and Eddie Kingston, who all know how to speak, all forgot how to speak. I mean, Jake Roberts went so far off the reservation, uh, I thought that DDP was going to show up for an intervention. Yeah, that part was great because they're all yelling at each other, but but it felt more like, no, no, your turn. No, no, yes. no, your turn to shit on me. Okay, now you. It was like they were stepping on each other and being polite about it. It was, uh, yeah. that was a disaster. Yeah, yeah, you know that scene in Oz when like all the racial gangs go against one another and it's like a really high tension and brutal. Yeah, this wasn't that. <laughs> oh, this was and Jake, man, I mean, he looks like Ron Jeremy right now. Like I think like whenever you know, like whenever he pan- whenever he panics, he just brings up nutting or something weird, something that just sounds like it's like a ghost story at a trailer park. It's like there's things he thinks he has to get in. Like two weeks ago, he's like, oh, you guys are the Flintstones. But then he couldn't remember the name of the characters from the Flintstones. So he kept just repeating it until he remembered Fred and, and Barney. Uh, he, I never thought Jake Roberts would be that much of a liability. Uh, and then just to finish my <laughs> shitting on it before, before you know Scott comes in to rescue it, the main event of this show, the go-home show, was that that very long match with uh with moxley and the lawyer and yes i'm bitter that mjf picked that guy to be the lawyer over me fuck him i would have sold better the match should not have gone for eight minutes before getting to the brutal finish it should have been 
45 seconds, maybe a minute, but I was bored out of my mind. Even Moxley was like, this is bad television. Said it out loud during, like, he knew this was fucking brutal. Uh, the only thing that was good was MJF looking strong at the end. But other than that, this was two hours of fucking amateur hour. Well, well, even MJF looking yeah. strong, it was, it was the opposite of what this feud has been the entire time. Uh, that when you get to it, it's just like, oh, you realized you, you've dropped the ball with this storyline. I mean, the storyline has not been very good. Um, it's the least I've looked forward to an AEW match of like, you know, of high level of like top three matches of the pay-per-view, you know, I, I'm not interested in all at really watching it. I don't think it's going to be very good. Um, and, and, and yeah, it just felt rushed out of place. And it's just like a thing of like, we got to get blood. We got to, we got to let people know that this is a real feud uh, when they could have spent the last two months doing that. Also, someone needs to make a decision if they're allowed to say shit on television or not. Because every time they try to bleep it and the censor misses it and you lose the next five seconds after they say shit, again, looks really, really bad. If they can curse, let them curse. If they can't, tell them you can't curse. What other curses did they use? Kenny Omega said another thing besides shit. Did he dickwad, say like, he said, right? Or he had dickwad, yeah. Dickwad. Or, I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that was a... That was a plus for me. The dick wad was cool. I liked that. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. Like, I understand that there were segments. I do agree with you guys about the MJF feud. I, I do think that they they boggled it. They just put too much. I don't know, man. They just made it too uh, kitschy or too sketchy. You know, like they should have just dropped the whole voting. Like, I like. Why is it like Moxley does a great promo by himself? MJF does a great promo by himself but you put them together and it seems like they're not even listening to one another, you know? Very weird. It, it feels a lot like the, the Baron Corbin, Matt Riddle feud that we talked about where it was, you know, Corbin doesn't like Riddle cause he's the King. Then he puts a bounty on him. And then right before they're about to fight, he brings up him having the affair. It was just a lot of stuff sandwiched in at once. This MJF Moxley feud was uh, the start of several different things and never really kind of came together as a cohesive, uh, a cohesive dish. Zach, what do you think? I didn't watch it. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> truth be told, but I, I'll say I agree with Scott. Yes. There we go, yeah, man. I knew I was right about this. <laughs> no, I look, I liked the first hour. Uh, I wasn't crazy about the second hour at all. Um, I fucking hate gimmick matches where, like, a guy's wrestling, a not a wrestler. I've never understood the appeal of that. Um, especially when the guy's selling, like, Shawn Michaels uh, versus Hogan yeah, he's or something. Like, he's a, he showed he was a good worker, which is the opposite of what you should be showing. I mean, he's better than choked him. That, that's what they should have done. And that would have like spun that type of segment on its head is it's obviously very goofy. You have your silly entrance. He's dressed funny. And then you have Moxley, Moxley just, just kill him, you know, just choke him out. And then uh, do something else, just anything well, but what we saw. That was kind of my point. It's like the stuff that never works is when they're putting a guy who's clearly a wrestler in another role on the show where he's supposed to be like a delivery boy or, or a security guard or something. You're clear. Like, okay, that's a wrestler. This, this lawyer, as soon as it's all, I'm like, Warren happened in wrestling. It's always like a security guard, a pizza man. There was a pizza delivery on this show too. So this, yeah, there was. Like, I, I, yeah, absolutely. It's a go. It's the go-to. Like Tony Khan's dad's going to get the bill for a lot of porn. He's like, I was just doing research. <laughs> But they, they should have had a guy who was not a wrestler just go in there because then it's it's a little bit more intimidating than a guy who clearly looks like he can handle himself uh, holding his own almost with John Moxley. Not really, but enough where it was like Moxley should have killed him in a hurry. When they used to do that kind of, of stuff in old school wrestling, it was you want to see the, the wrestler get his hand on the hands on the manager. You want to see him beat up Jim Cornette or Paul Heyman, a guy who's defenseless and deserves it. Instead, it was a guy who's in way better shape than any lawyer I've ever seen, uh, who knew how to sell and took bumps out of the ring. <laughs> well, so, so then also you, you have this, right, this, this like comedy feud 
for your uh, for your heavyweight title, and and then you 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 have this serious moment of bloodshed at the end, and then what do you do with Jericho Cassidy? The same exact thing, just an hour earlier, which is a complete comedy feud, and then Jericho draws blood on somebody else and smears it on the on the T-shirt with Cassidy's face, and it's just. It's a little repetitive. They've been dicking around uh, all summer, which I was fine with because, you know, there's COVID, but uh, now you got a pay-per-view and uh, eh, bunch yeah. of bunch of dickwads. I guess yeah, I but, liked it. I liked all the lawyer shit, but you know, I still thought it was funny. But I, I also see the, I see your points. And one thing about MJF though, is he always proves people wrong. So like he proved, he proved uh, Jungle Boy, you know, like when he, with that match, like everyone was like, oh, he's a great promo, but he's not as good in the ring. And then he had a fucking great in-ring match, which I know a lot of that was Jungle Boy. He's terrific. But, uh, you know, he ends up like, you know, he has that he has that chance to surprise you. The whole pay-per-view for me feels almost like WrestleMania 13, that like some dangerous shit can happen. But maybe I'm, I'm two glasses half full. Number three, The Rock got COVID and I am terrified. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like if the rock like if the rock said that COVID is like one of the worst things that's ever happened to him, then like what the fuck like you know, like I'm 240 pounds and an asthmatic, you know, like that's goddamn terrifying. People, take care of yourself. As Zach would say, wash your goddamn hands. What did you guys think about the this week in COVID COVID news? I mean, if this is the worst thing to happen to The Rock and he had that Billy Gunn feud, how fucking scary is COVID? <laughs> like, but you have to imagine, like, The Rock got COVID and, like, an hour later he sweated out and he was fine. Like, he took <laughs> some tequila and, like, pumped some iron and he was okay. But COVID is going – I mean, it went after The Rock. It got AJ Styles. It got Kevin Nash. Like, this thing is only going after main well, events. I think AJ Styles got it. I think AJ's the kind of guy who, like, sought after it. <laughs> oh, there's no way AJ Styles wore a mask. Yeah. This, is, oh, that's, this is all propaganda and, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th I think he was talking to his son. He's like, you know, you need to have one of them COVID parties. <laughs> really test the waters. Yeah, man, that whole time, I was like, that must have been, he, that must have been the hardest thing for his doctor to break to him. It's like, no, man, you have COVID. He's like, no, come on, that's like a bit, right? That's like, the, like, that's like a bit, the, uh, you know. The I, like that, I like that you think he goes to a doctor. I'm convinced this is just a preacher with a thermometer. <laughs> it's a preacher. <laughs> Jesus says you have COVID. Yeah, it's, it's by the river. <laughs> <laughs> Did he make a statement about it? Did he say, because I know The Rock said, like, the this is one of the, you know, this was very difficult, but I feel like AJ would not be saying that. He said it on his Twitch, so he was in the middle of playing, you know, Fuck Frogger. Or whatever the he was in the middle of Twitch. coughing while playing Frogger. Oh, sorry. I got COVID. That, that, that dude loves Twitch, man. It's just fucking hilarious to watch him, like, when he's on Twitch, and he's like, yeah, so uh, Paul Heyman, uh, kind of screwed me over and uh, I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> you know, and then he starts like playing video. I just realized I'm black, so you can't see a visual joke. And you guys can't hear it. Uh, I'm a fucking moron, uh, but- uh, I'm also gonna clarify, Dan's screen is black. He was not saying that he himself is black. No, I am not uh, the governor of, where is it, North Carolina? Who, Virginia, okay. Not that guy. Remember that? There's like a week. There's like a week this past year where just like everyone talked. Everyone, everyone's blackface pictures came out. Yeah. Oh the, yeah. The craziest fucking week. 2020. What a what a ride. <laughs> I sound like a life insurance commercial trying to be hip. 2020. <laughs> Sometimes the waves aren't the only thing that crash. I'm like what? Mazda. I don't know. <laughs> Mazda. <laughs> yeah. Mazda, like, advertises itself as, like, a sexy suburban car. It's really uncomfortable. Uh, number four. This week in future endeavors. Good luck on your future endeavored. Future endeavored. I'll get that name right at some point. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Mauro Ranallo. They were both out this week. Um, and Gabe Sapolsky, which I, I don't really know a lot about that guy, but uh, he... Apparently produced a lot of cool shit. So, um, do you think do you think these guys are permanently out? Who do you think's coming back? 
And uh, are you sad to see him go? Lesnar will be back for more money than you could ever imagine uh, when he feels like it, right? I think that's the idea. I mean, there's no way he's going to go to AEW. That's it, it's oh, just that doesn't make any sense. Not going to fucking happen. Um, or he just never wrestles again because you know he's a guy who likes to live on a farm. And now that there's COVID and stuff, maybe he's just thinking, ah, I'm I'm done with public life. Uh, but yeah, I see him back in in a year. I think Brock will be back. I think that. Uh... He has the easiest job on planet Earth. He gets paid a lot of money. He works five, six times a year. And when he wrestles, each match is maybe three to four minutes. Um, it's way too much money. Yes, they couldn't come to, a, to an agreement. This always kind of almost happens, Then this time it did. He's out there now to see who's going to throw a shitload of money at him. And either he's going to take a deal with one of these these fight companies that want to see him compete for UFC or Bellator or, you know, him fight a bear or whatever the fuck it is. And then he can go back and call Vince and Vince is like a little cuckold to him and he's going to pay him whatever the fuck he wants to come back and wrestle. And part of it will be Saudi Arabia loves Brock Lesnar and they want him there. Uh, Morrow, I think he's done. I think he did everything he wanted to do. He had the ups and the downs and, and he got to go out doing NXT. And I don't think he wants to return doing weekly anything. Yeah. yeah and he's yeah, not I mean, somebody that, I mean, Bald. I'm sorry. Him, ret uh, Amaro returning is not like a, uh, a big story. And it's not even like a, a story that I don't know, brings hope you would just kind of feel bad you just hope he goes and does whatever his pa passions are but this relationship like hasn't worked from pretty much jump street look i mean he is great with fucking big main event matches i think everyone like can agree on that like even if you don't love his style like you know him calling adam cole and johnny gargano like he makes a he really brings out the biggest of a big event I think you will miss that. But I'm, I'm excited about Wade Barrett. I thought he did a great job. So I think Wade was great. There's a lot less baggage. I think with Morrow, the problem is, um, you know, he, he has not done well dealing with some of the problems of the wrestling culture. And when you work in a, in a, for a wrestling company and you're in a locker room, there's a lot of, it's a lot of guy talk. It's a lot of what sounds like horrible bullying, what sounds like, something that if it was published on the front page of the newspaper, everyone would be fired, but it's part of the culture sometimes when you're in a quasi sport environment. And with him around there, it becomes a liability because if somebody yells at him or says something to him and it becomes a big story, it's a, it's bad for the WWE. And that's kind of what happened the first go around with him. And I think this time leaving on good terms is, is a little bit of a, a, a breath of uh, a sigh of relief for the WWE. Yeah, man. I mean, I do you think there's any chance he fights John Jones? Morrow? Probably not. <laughs> Scott, you think you think Brock's there's no. any chance he fights John Jones? No. There's no How way. Right? Brock That's like Brock is, for him. What what's Brock's age? Brock's gotta be like what, forty four? Forty three. Yeah, no, man, he's done. Here's what Dude. I kind of hope happens. I hope he comes back and, like, instead of feuding with Roman, they do, like, a two-man power trip, like Triple H and Austin, but on, you know, the same brands. Yeah. And I then you can build a huge baby face that way, whether it's Drew or somebody else. Number six, I mean, this week in Crumbling Factions. I don't know what's fucking happening with WWE, but, like, Seth and Buddy Murphy are on the rocks. The Iconics pretty much broke up. Lucha House Party have been fighting after every match. Sasha and Bailey are, like, about to break up. Like, we, we've seen seeds of an Undisputed Era breakup. Alexa and Nikki are done. You know, it is the – and in AEW, it's the exact opposite. Like, they're just forming – there's, like, the Dark Order. There's the Elite. Like, Eddie Kingston is just forming fucking, like, factions out of nowhere together, you know. But uh, I, I don't know. Do you think it's too – do you think there's too many breakups going on? In WWE right now, which one I, you go through? I, which one do you think they should shouldn't put the trigger on? I think it's a sign of change, 
And for that, good. Um, I think there was like a few positive changes just this week. Um, Keith Lee is like a huge addition. And uh, I think they're just trying to tweak stuff. And hopefully um, in the next month or two, we see like a direction that pays off somehow. Look, seeing all these groups break up, all I want to say is, Bruce, I don't know what's going on at home, but you can't <laughs> work your shit out on television because you just got to fucking keep that separate. Um, I think, yeah, they're, they're teeing up for the, uh, the brand split, or not the brand split, the draft, so they can separate some of them. I feel terrible for the Iconics because I can't see things working out great for either one of them as single stars. I think they were the strongest, uh, one of the strongest tag teams. Peyton Royce might be the Shawn Michaels of that duo, but even that, it's there. They were a lot better, a lot more protected as a team. I think Alexa and Nikki were a lot more interesting as a team, but Alexa going down this Harley Quinn route with uh, with Bray Wyatt, we'll we'll see where that goes. I I, I think <laughs> I just heard a loud noise. I don't know what that was for. I said it sucks. The Alexa Bliss thing is so bad. Oh, that's right. You, you, you hate the fact that uh, Alexa Bliss has a thing for, uh, for a fat guy with a hammer. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> Dude, it is uncomfortable looking at that Thunderdome. Like, and just, I know there was a bunch of shit that happened last week with just, you know, like, an ex- like people showing an execution. Benoit, it was fucking horrible. But seeing someone just casually wearing a Fiend mask while watching the show through a screen is one of the most low-key scary things I've ever seen in my life. The thing that I desperately want to see footage of is a lot of these people, they're watching it at home, but the rest of their family has to be there. And I want to see the mom and dad, like the dad just angry at the table where he hears the son yelling and screaming and cheering and just dejected. And the mom's like, no, he's watching fucking wrestling. He's, on, he's in the audience, but he's not leaving his house. Just the level of shame that that father must feel hearing his kid going buck wild, screaming at his, uh, his iPad while he's on Thunderdome. That's the footage I desperately want to see. <laughs> um number seven hey it's time for scott's new japan corner ding 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 summer struggle was a pretty good show it happened uh what was it saturday, saturday. naito finally beat evil um and covid is cured in japan that's what that signified <laughs> <laughs> uh naito won the title uh both titles actually intercontinental and iwgp fireworks went off it was uh, very very nice to see um who oh okay so the kopw cha- i, I want to get this out of the way the trophy the champion right this absolute yes. failure um well toriano won it in the fatal four-way match he's a comedy act um there was a low blow and and a, and a roll up and and uh, I'm wondering if this was the plan the entire time or if they realized, oh, my God, this sucks. Uh, let's make a joke about who wins and never see this again. Uh, Taiji Ishimori beat uh, Takahashi for the uh, junior heavyweight title. That was great. That was a great Oh, yeah, that, that was fantastic. I, I wasn't crazy about the evil Naito match. Uh I liked it. It was like a good WWF main event. That's what it felt like. Well, you know what I liked? It's like, so, so leading up to it was, like, was Evil and Dick Togo the last few weeks really beating up Naito at the end of every show and no one from Los Ingobernables coming out to help. And, uh, and this time they came out to help. And that was kind of the feel-good moment of like, oh, look, they are a team, uh, blah, 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 blah. And Suzuki's a champ again. Oh, yes. Never open weight champion. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of title changes. Um, we'll see where that goes. And also, uh, when it comes to the American side of New Japan, they signed Darren Young. Oh, good for Darren. Yeah. So He's Fred da- – what is he, Dossier or Dossier? Yeah, Fred, Fred Rosser. Rosser. Yeah, Fred, Fred Rosser. I don't, I don't now, is he, is he over there now? No, no. He's, yeah, he's in like the L.A., right? Yeah, they, oh, okay. I don't know if they're filming in L.A. or if they picked another place uh, – that would make more. I, I, can you film things in LA like that? I don't. I don't even know. But yeah, uh, I think you can. I just. I have no idea how. How how they do it, you know. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. But uh, yeah, he he's just filming in the states. But I mean, I guess that means he'll eventually be there. 
Number eight, fan tries to kidnap MJF. Did you guys hear about this story that some, like, MJF was saying that somebody tried to get backstage and said he was this personal pilot? And that guy then, you know, they didn't let that guy backstage, thank God. But Jesus Christ, like, how did wrestling fans go from scary, like, I'm going to kill the heel, to now, like, I'm going to make you, you know, you're going to be my partner. (laughs) You know, it's gotten so fucking crazy dude the most fucked up part about that is that they think that a guy on aew can afford his own private jet (laughs) like i get that's his gimmick that he's supposed to be this uh this rich guy but uh i mean come on i I, you know someone needs to someone needs to pull this sociopath aside and explain to him what's real and what's not and if you're gonna kidnap mjf say you're his uber driver (laughs) (laughs) uh number nine and feel good moments this week Oh, Scott, did you have anything to say about the fan kidnapping MJF? Why'd you do it, Scott? <laughs> no, no, no. I thought, I mean, I thought, at first I thought he was lying. I thought he made it up. And I thought it was like a, uh, like a, a weird shot at what happened, at what happened recently with, uh, what's her name? Uh, Sonya. Sonya Deville. Oh, yeah, Sonya Deville. And I, I didn't get it. Not that uh, much of a heel. No way to that, right? Well, I, I mean, I've seen him say crazy shit, but no, I, I, I don't think that's what it was after I looked into it more. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird for sure. Um, they need to look into it more. I don't think it's like just a funny story if that is a thing that actually yeah. happened. Uh, but yeah, that's what I thought of the story. What a weird thing. How happy a Mr. fan of. Well, what's crazy? How happy Miss Courtney? If it was the '80s, they would have just let the guy go with him. They would have just yeah. let the guy backstage. Yeah, totally. They, they, if it was a year ago, they probably would have let him back. I mean, it seems more of like a COVID situation than, than anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, who the fuck knows? It's Florida, man. It's the Wild Wild West. Number nine and feel good moments this week. Eric Young is. The TNA champion again. Uh, you don't really get any good stories in wrestling, so that's a plus. I hear the match is good. I have not seen it, but I probably will. I don't know. Did you guys? Do you guys check it out? Yeah, I did see the match. I, I I liked it. I'm happy for him. He's a guy that's been around forever, um, yeah. and I know people do love him. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "Holy shit, I love Eric Young." WWE should have done more with Eric Young. Yeah. I mean. Sometimes people just get what they get, you know. Uh, but I'm happy for him, for sure. I thought he had a thing, like, I remember 10 years ago reading about he had this thing with his voice, and I thought his voice was going to go away. It certainly sounds like it could happen at any moment. Hey, did you ever work with him, Robert? I never worked with him. Um, I met him a couple times. Super nice guy. He wasn't in w- He was in uh, Impact when I was in WWE. Um, but he's a guy that WWE absolutely dropped the ball with for a couple of reasons. I think, first of all, he's an incredibly talented wrestler who would have been an amazing agent with the company if they would have kept him around. Uh, and second, I don't know if you guys remember, he had that nature show uh, for a little, for a while. He's, he's a very entertaining person. He's a great personality. So he's the kind of person on a production end that they could have kept with to work with Borash and really produce some really interesting content. And he probably would have made a great on-camera person. So I think he had a lot of longevity in the WWE, and I was surprised to see him go. I'm glad he won the Impact title, but I got to be honest, until you sent the the list of what we were talking about, I had no idea that he won the title. That's sort of how little an impact it made, no pun intended, on social media. Well, it's, it, it's funny because it used to be so bad, and now it's actually – I mean, it's not book bad. It's a pretty good wrestling show, but nobody – because of, you know – you know where it is visibility wise nobody can check it out it's a solid show but it's on what's it on quibi i don't even know what it's on anymore no i think it's on um i think it's on like twitch or something i'm not sure and, and didn't eddie edwards i mean just win it a month ago i don't know i just i, I just like when i saw him i just got like again i was like i missed those american wolves matches in ring of honor yeah they're fucking awesome all right number 10 we're going to give the give our all-out predictions this, this going on this Saturday at 8. And our Patreon, everybody who's a Patreon members, we're going to be talking about it this Sunday. So check it out. First up, Britt Baker versus Big Swole in a tooth and nail match. 
I hear this is going to be a cinematic match, and it's going to be at Britt Baker's like dental office. This is, you know, per the Wrestling Observer. Uh, who do you guys got? I, I mean, I got I got Britt Baker. Yeah, she's got home field advantage, <laughs> but I don't I don't I don't really get this. This feud has been so much fun. I mean, I guess it's because she's still hurt, so you're just going to film around it. I don't know. I'm looking forward to the inevitable Novocaine spot where they try to put the mask on one of them to, to put him out. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that's going to wind up being the finish. I'm guessing Big Swole is going to, uh, to win this. Uh, it's, a very, it's a coveted match. This is really going to propel her forward. You think Zach, she you fuck her out with gas? That would I be think controversial. It's Novocaine. She's got a license. She's fine. Uh, young Buck. Carol Burnett thing where, where the guy, what, come on, he passed away recently. Tim Conway. Tim Conway, yes, with the needle. We got to do that with, whole thing. Get her arm numbed yeah. and the leg. That'll be <laughs> funny, but not a complete passing out of a woman and then covering her. No. It's a little sexist, Scott, that, that if it was a man, it'd be okay if he was drugged on television. Well, okay. it's it's a, it just feels like a Law and Order Special Victims Unit episode and not a wrestling show. Um, next up, the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. It's, it's uh, I, I think it's going to be Jurassic Express. I think really? that that's going to be something that fucks with the Young Bucks. And it's going to, you know, all go towards this, you know, storyline of the elite falling apart. I think the elite's just going to lose the entire night. Who do you guys got? I, I do like that idea, and I, I don't mind it at all. I think it's going to be a really fun match. I'm glad it's happening. Um, but I think the Bucks should win. Uh, I also do think they're going to be involved in the tag match in, in, in one way or another. Um, so I'd like to see them win because I – oh, that's tough. I'm going with they win. They win. Bucks I think it's – it's such a nothing match, especially given that they're, they only had so few pay-per-views a year that it's strange that there's no Cody on the show at all. And the Bucks are in this uh, babyface, babyface match against Jurassic Express. I don't see how it really helps either team unless, Dan, to your point, this furthers the, the split of the Young Bucks uh, or it starts the split of the Jurassic Express. I mean, that's, that's really the only way I can see this being booked. I can't imagine this is just going to be a, hey, we're going to have a fun tag match and we're going to shake hands at the end. So, uh, yeah, I'll back, your, I'll back your decision, Dan. Maybe it's the uh, Jurassic Express. Pull out some weird, fluky win. That dude needs a win, man. Juggle Boy needs a fucking win. He's great. He's looking better and better every week, too. Yeah. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. I, this, I think this fucking program has been, has been awesome. Like, underrated awesome. And this isn't a broken rules match. I'm not even sure. What, what are the rules again for this shit? I think that the, I mean, the main thing is that if Matt Hardy loses, he, he has to leave AEW. He can never be on oh, AEW. I, I always hate that fucking rule. I hate that. Yeah. And, and I hope there's not like a goofy loophole in it where it's like, ah, but the incarnation of boo. No, yeah, I don't I think want that's it. That's what it's going to be. Um, I, I'm looking forward to this because Sammy's in it and Sammy is so good at creating moments. And I think there's going to be two or three really awesome moments in this match, especially yeah. considering the rules. And I think it'll be partially cinematic. Am I, am I dumb for saying that? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. It'll probably be oh, a cinematic match. Really yeah. I think, it, I think it'll be kind of like, um, like the stampede, uh, match we saw at double or nothing, not as, not nearly as good, but you know, that mixture of uh, of edits and and real wrestling. I hope they go all out with the insanity and that it winds up ending like a being John Malkovich thing where Matt Hardy winds up inside Sammy Guevara, like controlling him. And then you get several weeks where Sammy's being possessed by Matt Hardy. Like he looks in a mirror and he sees Matt Hardy looking back at him. Just fucking go all out with this nonsense. Well, it's a tough one because you, you have this one, you have the Britt Baker match. And you have Orange Cassidy versus Jericho in a Mimosa Mayhem or Madness? It's a Mimosa Mayhem match. We were right the first time. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of silly that's going to be going on on this show. All right, 
next match, which I know Zach's looking forward to the most. Uh, the Dark Order versus Matt Cardona and Scorpio Sky and the Natural Nightmares of the Nightmare Collective. I don't know, man. I guess I got the faces on this. Yeah, but how? I mean, Brody just won the TNT Championship. Yeah, it should be more dominance. You're right. That's a but then right. also Cardona just debuted. So it's got to be fishy, right? The thing is, is they can't resist the fact that the Dark Order, besides Brody, are people that just can take L's and it's fine. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I, I do love Cardona's like, I don't even work here. Like, that's his, <laughs> that's his storyline, which, which fit perfectly with that episode in this particular feud and match, where it's just like, hey, guys, I don't work here. I mean, hell, I'll be gone whenever I feel like it. Not my problem. <laughs> All right, twenty-one man casino battle royal. For oh, I, I didn't even I didn't even get to give my my brilliant oh, insight on, sorry, the, on my, it's this. How can you skip me on a QT Marshall match <laughs> when you know <laughs> that, you, that is you pronounce it like he's a French detective? <laughs> because like that's the that's the gimmick he deserves. I want him in a beret with a magnifying glass. Um, I, my guess is, yeah, I think the baby faces will win. I think they're gonna pin Colt and see what happens because he's kind of in the dark order, but he's kind of not, he's like hanging around with him, but he's still the baby face. And I feel like if he loses something will happen, either it's going to turn him full baby face again and Brody beats the shit out of him and they can do a rematch on TNT or he finally succumbs to the dark world. I think that that's where this whole thing hinges on. Well, I, I, I think this match specifically is something that should like bleed into the next week and the week after that. Cause I mean, it does lead to a Cody return, right? So maybe you have Luke Harper debut. Um, to mess things up. Maybe there's not a finish at all, you know? I, so we shall see, but I do think we're getting a debut uh, at all out. And so I, I think this is where it'll go. And I think it'll be Harper and that's fine. Oh, you mean Rowan? Oh yes. Yeah, 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 Rowan, yeah. Eric Rowan. I mean, those two together are fun, man. Like, when they were in the original Wyatt family, I know that dude was green, but they were super fun. They were a super fun tag team. 21-man yeah. casino battle royal for an AEW championship opportunity. Who do you guys got? I think it's going to be someone we least expect, but I would – like to see like a a Darby, but I feel like he's going to be screwed by, you know, the whole Ricky Starks thing. Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Boom, there we go. Eddie Kingston's going to take it. That's how you get his match with Moxley. Uh, I mean, it's something we'd all want to see. God, I, that's a fucking program I want to see. You're right. Yeah, but but you can't really justify it because he's brand new. And so this is a way to kind of shoehorn it in whenever you feel like it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Robert? Yeah, I think it's going to be a dark horse. Um, the two that I'm down to when I'm looking at it, either Trent in the, in the fact that Trent Brett is a ridiculously talented wrestler and it's a little bit of the Kofi Kingston thing where if he wins this, they can almost make him a little bit more legitimate and get him away from super in-shape Chuck He's Taylor. He's a great worker, that guy. He's a great worker. He's a tremendous worker. Or Ray Phoenix, because Ray Phoenix is legitimately one of the most talented people on the roster. And if they could do a, a singles program with him, even if it's on – uh, dynamite and not a pay-per-view, I think he would really turn heads. He has the potential to be a top breakout guy for them. Yeah, and and Penta. You, are you crazy about you, – you've said things about – it's repetitive, his moves, right? So I've, I've, I've worked with Penta and Ray um, in MLW. I think Pentagon, he, he's, he's talented. He, he is a little bit more repetitive. I think Ray Phoenix is a lot more dynamic in what he does, and he's a tremendous babyface. He is that Rey Mysterio kind of cruiserweight baby face that can get the audience sympathetic behind him when he's getting the shit beat out of him and has really exciting comebacks. And I think that he would be really great in that, in that role to have that number one contender slot, uh, shot with dynamite for on a dynamite. And I think having Eddie Kingston as his mouthpiece, 
helps a lot more if they decide they're going to keep him as a heel and build that story. It's yeah, I mean, Jake Roberts. I, what? Jake Roberts. <laughs> that's the thing, man. It's like, I think it's going to be Archer. I know that's crazy. Like, I love that Eddie Kingston Moxley feud. I really hope we see it. But I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Archer. I think we're going to get some more. Man, Jake's promos, it is really rolling the dice. Either you're going to get the best thing in the world or you're going to get a spooky ghost story that's going to haunt you for the rest of your life, you know? Um, but, I, you know, I hope it's Eddie Kingston. Chris Jericho and Cassidy in a Mimosa Mayhem match. A lot, it's a lot of alliteration there. What do you guys got? I'm thinking that Jericho is going to win because you can win by pinfall or submission, but there is no chance in the world that Jericho is not the one winding up in the giant vat of Mimosa. Yeah, I, I, I agree, uh, especially because Jericho said this week, like, you know, I'm going to put you in a submission, I'm going to pin you, and then I'm going to throw you into the mimosa. And it was like, well, all three of those things aren't going to be happening. And so it is going to be a combo of, like, whoever wins is the one who's not going to be thrown into the mimosa. And therefore, I see Jericho winning, but he ends up in the mimosa. He's embarrassed. But if you do have Cassidy win, Jericho has to, like, kick it into serious gear come next Wednesday. I don't want to see him being cute or funny anymore if he loses. I think it's going to be Cassidy. I think Jericho's got a lot of pride in his work, and he's going to, he's going to see that the, the second match they had wasn't the best match in the world, and he's going to want to put this guy over. And I also think it's, you know, it's beneficial to Jericho, too, because – all he wants is one of the, my, my probably my favorite thing that like one of my top five thing moment Jericho moments is the uh, I have a ticket moment, and he's gonna look at this as I can get another I have a ticket meme like this I could get me being humiliated over it makes the most sense. That's why I think he'll get tossed into the vat. But I think that because they need because they, they count the win loss records, you can't have Jericho with with too many losses. Yeah. I think Orange Cassidy can take the loss but still get back whatever heat or whatever it is by throwing him into the mimosa. I would love for this to be earlier in the show. So later on in the show, after Jericho has been thrown in it, you could have him backstage like drunk because of it, <laughs> like, <laughs> like drying off in a towel, but he like his body absorbed some of the mimosa. <laughs> uh, well, that may legitimately be what happens. AEW Women's World Championship, Hikaru Shida versus Thunder Rosa. It's going to be Shida. This is the most predictable. Uh, hopefully it's a good match. It will be. It will be. I, I thought this week's women's match was was good on AEW. It was a little long, but... I love her finish, man. Her finish is fucking awesome. Yeah. What do you she's think, great. Robert? but I think she's great. I think they brought her in for Shida to beat her. I think the problem with the uh, AEW women's division, we, we've talked about this several times, is there is no real identity to it. I don't know that Sheeta has connected to the audience one way or the other, and there's just nobody in the AEW women's division that the, the crowd can really get behind and, and hold as their own one way or the other. The AEW World Tag Team Championship, Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus FTR. Who do you guys got? FTR in a 46-minute match. Holy shit. Are you being serious? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. I, but I think it's going to go pretty long. I think it's obviously going to be story-driven. Uh, I think you're going to get the bucks out there, but then I think you're – I don't think you're going to get the, the big payoff of, of a heel turn from whoever you think is turning, um, but you are going to get them losing the titles to FTR. I mean, FTR have to win. They have to. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want to see. I love Tully with him, man. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Who do you got, Robert? Yeah, I think it's FTR. I think that the, the whole reason why they, they did the thing two weeks ago with the, uh, the, 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 the five battling the four to avoid doing Young Bucks FTR is that that's, that's the next big feud that they can go into. So I think that you have to do Kenny and Paige, but I think, Scott, to your point, we're not going to get the blow up. There's going to be oh, – there'll be tension after. There'll be a reason why they lost, and they'll drive you to tuning into their show. Yeah. I think you're going to get a, a Brett Owen moment at the Royal Rumble. 
I think it's going to be that kind of – that's what I hope anyway. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited about this match. I think it's going to be FTR. And finally, uh, AEW World Championship, John Moxley versus MJF. I would have said MJF, but I think with how they booked this, I'm going to go Moxley. I don't think it's – I think MJF is going to be world champion. I, I don't think this is his time to be world champion. But, you know, I, th- I mean, I think he would be a very good world champion. I just – you know, uh, you know, you want to see him kind of like it be a little bit more of a coronation than this. And I don't know. It's just something I feel like I want to see with the crowd, too. Um, who do you guys got? I, I have Moxley. Uh, I don't think it's MJF's time. Even when he was holding the belt at the end of the show, uh, I, I, I felt that way. And that's not a knock on him. I, I just I want to see it continue to play out and him become a future champion. Uh, I just don't think he needs it right now. And I actually think it would hurt him right now if he got it because uh, there's a chance he's not ready. Like there really is just a chance he's not ready for it. Um, His matches haven't been holy shit stellar, you know, so there's still time with him. My thing is how do you, how do you end the match? Like, is it Moxley just wins clean or are we going to get like a funky now there's tension between Wardlow and MJF because Wardlow blew it or. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm really not looking forward to this match much at all. Honestly, like even looking at the lineup now, it's like. Maybe it's I'm the least excited about this one. It's their weakest lineup for a pay-per-view for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what saves it is. The tag match, the tag match kind of saves it for me. Yeah, the tag match saves it for me. You know, the the Cassidy Jericho match saves it for me. Matt Hardy and Sammy saves it for me. Um, I, you know, there's matches I'm still looking forward to. I don't mind, but yeah, I think it's gonna be Mox. How about you, Robert? Uh, I'm. Uh, there's no way I'm. I'm betting against my son MJF. Um, I think that uh, I think him winning here is the the best story that AEW can tell right now because I'm looking at the roster and there really is no one else for Moxley to face in the immediacy that would be exciting. So I think that MJF winning with all the hoopla and all the other crap that he has with Wardlow and everything else, him winning this and Moxley chasing MJF is the best story that they can tell for the next couple of months. I think MJF on, on television can can cut his promos. I think whoever wins the 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 battle royal, if they go with a baby face, that's someone that can be sort of a, a mini transition feud for MJF while Moxley is back in the hunt. Whether the story is MJF says, hey, you have to go to the back of the line, and now Moxley's fighting every week against different guys. I think there's something to John Moxley chasing MJF and becoming more desperate and trying to take it versus Moxley winning and then, hey, we're going to move on to the next feud. But in looking at the the roster and looking at everybody on this pay-per-view, there is no one else that is ready right now to step up into a feud with Moxley and it feel new. Everything else would either be a retread well, or Eddie wouldn't make Kingston, sense. I mean, Scott brought up Eddie Kingston. I think that would have felt new. I don't think Kingston's at that, at that spot right now. I don't think that he – I don't think wrestling-wise they, they've established him enough to be the guy going after the, the top title. And I think because he's got his own stable of guys, I think they're they're more comfortable in that upper mid-card area for right now. I think you've, you've spent this time investing in MJF. He fills a couple of segments on your show every week. I'd say go with it. Yeah, I, I actually, I mean, I, I, I hear you, Robert, and I, I do like that idea. You're right. It does make the more compelling television and the least predictable television and obviously the most exciting television. Um, and I do want to see this feud go longer, and I don't know how that happens if Moxley just beats him because of the way, you know, they have this this rankings. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this should also be the championship match at the next pay-per-view, too. Uh, and I don't know if I want that or if I just realize there's nothing else, which is kind of concerning. That's always been the, the issue with, uh, with AEW is they have guys that could be true main eventers, but they've been dicking around with them doing other stuff. 
I mean, Kenny Omega and Adam Page and this tag team for as long as they've been, Kenny Omega should have been the face of this company for a very long time. Uh, and they haven't been able to do that. And I think that if you have, if you extend the MJF Moxley feud for into another pay-per-view with some sort of gimmick, whether it's first blood or I quit or something like that, uh, you can stretch it and then pivot to MJF Kenny Omega, or if Moxley gets it back, Moxley and Omega, if they go a different route. Zach, who do you got? I want MJF to win more than anything else. I just want him to have the title forever, but it's it's probably going to be Moxley because of everything Dan and Scott said. Where he's, it's just that it's just right now. It probably looks better to keep it on Moxley, just because it would serve MJF better to win it in front of a crowd. So, I I, I will say this: it, it I I know they did have a great rating this week. Um, but before this week, it, 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 what was the rating this week? What, like nine twenty something? Wow. Um, a million. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but before this week, it, they kind of just stayed the same. It's not like they're gaining, 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 gaining. It's not really happening. And so you can take the risk and change the title because it seems like whoever's watching this is watching this because they do give a shit and they are aware of who they're watching. And so I, I don't think you'd see a ratings dip if MJF won. I don't think there'll be a dip. and I think they've established Moxley has been champion for 180 days. So they could say it's been a lengthy run. And the biggest problem AEW seems to have is they build a guy up to challenge for the world title. And then as soon as he loses, they sink like a stone back to somewhere else. You know, Brody Lee seemed lost for a couple of weeks. Archer has been, on and off television, right. it, it's very tough to, to keep a, a challenger relevant after they lose. And if MJF, with all this buildup, loses... Like Archer's, like those, those moments with Archer backstage where he was fucking everybody up, I mean, those are a blast. I know they, they were a blast, but it wasn't every, he wasn't every week still at the top. It was character. I don't know, I just feel like they, they build up guys for these one-offs to get fed to the champion. And then they, they vanish. It's like the old WWF Hulk Hogan factory where they build a monster. And then the next week, the, the guy is gone. And, and you just, they don't have a, a deep enough roster to get away with doing that. Yeah. I mean, also, it's, it's such a young company that because there's no history, you know, one feud and a loss is your entire history. Um, which I, I, I think is hard to judge them on. You know, any feud Moxley has with anybody, if you want him to keep the title, it's going to come off like he's just crushing people who are brand new. Everybody's brand new. So... Yeah, I mean, maybe it would be better for the company if you have the new guy win. Yeah, I mean, it definitely comes off exciting, right? And it is better TV to have Moxley chasing. Uh and, and then you still have him. Like, you know, when people tune in to see the, the feud, the big feud, it's Moxley, you know? So I don't see how it could affect anything negatively. Uh, yeah, I'm changing my vote, dude. I'm going with MJF now. He's fucking winning. I'm pumped. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our episode. Patreon, uh, we are reviewing... All out, and I'm sure we'll talk about it on the regular episode. Uh, we have a t-shirt on prowrestlingtees.com. And, uh, yeah, I think that's I mean, that's about it for me. How about you guys? Check out my other podcast, Garbage Days with Brendan Sagalo. And buy yourself a t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. And if I'm not mistaken, there is a Labor Day sale that is, uh, that is going on. Uh, it started today. Uh, on everything, use promo code Labor Day, and you'll save 20% on the uh, Total F and Mark shirt. Uh, if you haven't done so, subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, you can follow my uh, Twitter account at WWCreative underscore ISH. Yeah, buy the shirt. Tweet us a picture of you in it or something. Please be wearing pants when you kidnapping. do that. Uh, yeah. Please, please uh, yeah, also, please uh, give us five stars and leave a nice review and uh but thanks man i mean a lot of people have you know been reaching out and we appreciate it 
Uh, we will, uh, Patreon members, we will see you on Monday. And everybody else, we will see you next Thursday. Oh, Zach, you got anything? Wash your hands. Wash your goddamn hands. Adios.